Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Double Doink, where myself and Dave, we are going to be talking about everything in the wacky world of professional wrestling for this past week. Professional wrestling. So, we're going to get right into this, but before we jump into Monday Night Raw, because we're going to be going over Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and this week we're going to start including NXT UK. Now... Dave and I weren't huge on watching NXT UK. Like, I enjoyed watching some of the UK takeovers and such like that. But then I watched this week and I'm like, this is a new weekly thing for me. I'm going to watch UK every single week because it is so solid. Every week it's worth a watch. Anybody who isn't watching it needs to watch it every week. Right after NXT, just stay on I'm the I'm pretty extra sure hour. it happens before, does it not? No, it happens no, after. No, it happens after? Yeah, it goes NXT and then NXT UK right into NXT UK with no breaks anything on the network where you don't need to change anything it just goes from one episode right into the next which that's is awesome. really nice that's really cool so before we get into that we have a correction made from last week now Dave received the message thank you so much for reaching out to us so I'll let D- Dave read that out to us yeah I just want to give a big thank you to a uh, buddy of mine Brian uh thank you for the correction on beer money we had a misunderstanding that it was Lance Storm. It is not. It is James Storm who was in Beer Money. Yeah. So, so I I did. I never did the research. I just had a brain blast where I was like, "Oh my god, it's Lance Storm!" But I was incorrect. It is James Storm. Be it that was before I really got into other wrestlings aside from WWE. Um, that that was happening. I got into back into WWE. Because I, I watched it a lot from like 2008 to 2011 time frame. And then I got kind of bored, came back in for the Nexus stuff, but I only paid attention to that stuff. And then that's when NXT first started as like the game show kind of thing, which just turned me off of it. Yeah, and then when NXT, started, stuff. when NXT started back up and it really started getting good and Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, all these guys Same were in Zane, it. Zane, Kevin Owens. Yeah, and then I started to learn about where these guys came from. And then I learned about Beer Money through that, through Impact. So I forgot who the actual name of the tag team partner in Beer Money, but it turns out it is James Storm, not Lance Storm. But we're going to move on from that. We're going to move right into Raw. So what did you think of Raw this week? What did you think of this week in wrestling? So I found Raw this week versus last week. Raw was much better than SmackDown. SmackDown was just weird. It had like a weird flow to it. So Um, The matches that were on Raw, so like we'll get into them, but Lynch Flair... Bailey Banks was a much better match than what we saw the previous week from uh, Lynch Banks. I mean Lynch Bailey versus the tag team champions. Yeah. And then the match that you saw the two women's matches on SmackDown just seemed very disjointed this week. Yeah. So what I noticed, and if you guys follow us on Facebook, uh, we have a Facebook group now, and we also have an Instagram page. So I will link those in the description. But we are going to be starting to push a lot more content onto the onto those. Um, I'm going to kind of break the fourth wall a little bit. I'm finishing school in one week. I will be finishing with my bachelor's degree. So I will be putting a lot more time and effort into this now that I'm going to be focusing on just full-time work and freelancing. I'm not going to have to worry about school stuff either. So I'm going to be putting a lot more time and effort into this project. Um, I'm calling the entire Double Doink a project. Um, I'm going to be putting a lot more. So there's going to be a lot more weekly content. And we're going to start including a little bit of sports content in there. Eventually, once we kind of get our schedules kind of combined together kind of line things up we're going to start a second series of podcasts almost where we're going to be talking about mainly sports including football baseball hockey season starting soon uh baseball is getting to playoff time so we're going to start talking about a lot of that stuff 
But now that I'm out of breath, um, getting back to where I was talking on the Facebook page, I posted something Wednesday morning and I was like, I normally don't post about such. And we're going to be actually talking about this during the episode. But Smackdown was really freaking weird. Like it, there was so much odd oddities in it. Just the way everybody was excited for The Undertaker to be back. And then it just, that fell very flat to me. Yes, it was. The- it, it was very flat. It wasn't It wasn't what I was expecting out of The Undertaker. No. To me, we're going to get to SmackDown later on, but for anybody who, anybody who followed what happened on after SmackDown went off the air, I thought who came out after SmackDown fell off the air was the person who should have came out against The Undertaker to start SmackDown. But we'll get into that when we get to SmackDown. Let's start with Raw and the contract signing. Yeah, we'll get right into Raw right now. Before we jump into Raw, I wanted to say one more thing. When it comes to WWE and Madison Square Garden shows, these were lackluster. Because normally the Madison Square Garden shows, they bring out the big guns. Mm -hmm. But they had two returning legends, which we'll talk about Stone Cold during Raw. That was very solid. That was good. But SmackDown's just lost, lost the ball. Fell flat. That's the first thing I can think of is it fell flat. Yeah, it did. So we're going to jump right into Raw. It opened again for the second week in a row with the contract shining. Shining. The contract signing for the Universal Championship match happening at Clash of Champions this coming Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to be doing our predictions a little later on. Um, So again, uh, Rollins and Strowman, they actually get to sign. Mm Mm-hmm the contract this time and that is because stone cold was the moderator so stone cold was the one that opened the show um he came out invited stroman and rollins down to the ring and had them sign the contract and as soon as they finished signing it hit the oc's music because why wouldn't you hit the oc's music no they're they're getting so much heat right now and you know you had stone cold he came out he did his little trip down memory lane talking about a few of his matches that happened at msg and then, obviously, the crowd gets into what I think is arguably Stone Cold's worst crowd control antic, which was the whole what thing. Stops it talking, what? Stops talking, what? Yeah, and I like how we said back at the very beginning of the show in our first episode that the OC and the Raw Tag Team Championship and the Good Brothers are being buried. Yeah. But look at how much time they're getting on TV. Yes. Be it they're not getting wins, but they're getting heat, which is what's needed for and them. they're getting good heat they're not getting cheap heat yeah they're not getting x-pac heat yeah they're getting like solid heel heat yeah where they're coming out and they're you know bashing legends or current you know stars or the way that wwe's booking championship matches exactly they're they're coming out and they just they're attacking the wwe like like good heels should do exactly and the way that aj was telling the crowd to shut up when they were saying what it was just really good heat and yeah you could, you could, if you're sitting at home and you're watching it, you could feel it. Yeah, you could feel like you're kind of getting a little annoyed, a little angry. Yeah, at AJ Styles, which was what you want. Yeah, and, which which shows that AJ is such a great competitor because he can run both sides of the card. He can run as a phenomenal heel and a great face. Like I said last week, he's the MVP of WWE. Yes. So that brings us to a match that was set up which would be Cedric Alexander versus AJ Styles. Yep. Kind of a quick match. You know, you get the DQ finish. Cedric wins. OC interrupts. Viking Raiders come down. Which, that's 
odd. Yeah. is I could see a tag team coming down, rushing down to help him. But Viking Raiders, that's well, just a... if you go back to the gauntlet match yes, a couple where of they weeks both back, D- they both double DQ'd, yeah, yeah, DQ'd that, each so other. That's so like it, the link back, but it's, still, it's kind of... It's kind of like paying it forward, yeah. like a couple of weeks ahead. So it, 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 it makes sense, and then it sets up what happens for the main event, which yeah. is, you know, we'll get we'll get to that, but the 10-man tag with the Viking Raiders, Alexander, Rollins, Strowman versus the OC, and obviously the glorious show-offs. Best name we've come that, up with. Yeah, that's, I'm absolutely so happy with that name that I actually came up with that. Yes. Uh, we're gonna move on to the next match. Um, it was Bailey, uh, Bailey and Sasha yep. versus Becky and Charlotte, which I love. I normally don't like the little cutaways they do to the back when they show like the people getting ready. They're doing their push-ups. They're doing whatever. Where it was Becky and Charlotte in the same room getting Charlotte was taping up her wrist and Becky was doing whatever with her belt and whatever. Yeah, and they were just giving each other the death stare. Well, like we don't like each other. Why are we tagging together? But the thing is. <laughs> The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. So it was one of those things where when you call back to WrestleMania, got to remember, Charlotte didn't take the pin that night. No, Ronda did. Ronda took the pin. So there's still maybe that inkling of Flair may hold something against Lynch. But then the other thing is something that I heard mentioned online about a Flair face turn, and I hope it's something that doesn't come up. I don't want Flair to go face. I want her to stay heel. She needs to stay heel because Charlotte has tried to go face, and she's just this really smiley face. Yeah, she's when his heel. She's such like her dad. Yeah, <clears throat> she comes out and she puts those arms out, and, and she's just like, "What?" And it's like, "Come at me." Yeah, try me. I'm the best. F with me. Yeah, really, seriously, I'm the best. And you know, the match ended. As as expected, it was obviously going to come between Flair and Bailey. Flair wins by pinfall, which uh, you know we'll get to our predictions later. But up next, we had a return to in ring competition by what Dave would like to say is arguably the greatest luchador in the, in industry the history of ever. wrestling, Rey Mysterio. Yes, which I will agree with you. Okay. He went on one-on-one with Grand Metalik, who was part of Lucha House Party. Yep. That was a great Lucha match. Yeah. It was something that, you know, dating myself, you go back to WCW when they had their cruiserweight division, and you had guys like Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio Jr. Chavo Guerrero. Chavo Guerrero. um, Psychosis. Uh, Huvitu Guerrero. You had all those guys battling in that division. Um, Jericho was in that division. Uh, Benoit was in that division, and it was a match that felt like that. Yeah, that that cruiserweight light heavyweight division that the WWE was trying to do with Taka Michinoku and all those guys at the same time. It was just go, 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 counter, spin, flip, counter. It, it was just yeah, such a it, good match. It, it it was what the cruiserweight classic was. And what they wanted 205 Live to be, but 205 Live was never as good as the Cruiserweight Classic. It got buried because of bad booking. And, you know, with the news coming out about 205 Live and NXT merging, which we'll get to, I think think you can really revive that division by making slight tweaks to it. Yeah. Very slight tweaks. Um, Coming up next, we had the triple threat match for the semifinals of the Raw side of the King of the Ring tournament. Something I was very wrong about last week. Because yeah. I said last week that there was no way anybody could come out looking strong. And guess what? 
all three guys didn't look bad in that match. No, no. All three. I mean... Because... Joe took the fall. Joe took a, a good hit after he choked someone out outside yep. of the ring. So yep. he got his finish off. Yep. Uh, he takes a six thirty. He takes the six. He takes the six thirty from Ricochet, which he got his finish off. Yep. And Baron Corbin does what Baron Corbin does, and Sneaked he slithered in, in yep. and won the match like a snake. Just got in the ring and you know took throw, Ricochet out. Ricochet out and then, pins him one two three. And that's it. And they all look strong, so, which is absolutely perfect. Yep. So you're gonna be able to still build, you know, Joe up. The only thing that I don't like about the way that they build Joe is they build Joe as this big talker, but every time Joe talks. He doesn't back it up. There's got to be a point. Excuse me. There's got to be a point where Joe talks a game and he brings that game and he wins something. But you know, he wins yeah. something. He's he's really has to back up his words. Which I mean, in his in his feud with AJ, he was doing really good stuff on the mic. Yeah, but that they should have put the belt that, on him. He needed that U.S. belt. He needed the World Championship belt. Yeah, he needed the belt at that point, and they you know. The ship has sailed. You can't go yeah, back. You, you can't, can't change it. But. You can't go back with that same feud, but he's going to hold a world championship belt by the end of 2020. Yes. he ha- Yeah, yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. It all depends on what their booking is with the, um, with the Fiend. Yes. Because the Fiend's going to take up a lot of time. If he ends up on SmackDown, he's going to hold that belt a lot sooner than if he's on Raw. Yeah. And... You know, there's other guys who kind of just fall into the to the wayside, like someone like McIntyre. You know, what are they going to do with McIntyre? I I personally had some thoughts about that, but the way this tournament shook out, he, you know, he's going to be another one of them guys who, unfortunately, we may be waiting another couple of years before he really presses forward before I, his name goes out. They there. bring a lot of these really big name guys back to NXT or to Raw, specifically Bobby Lashley. They bring all these big name guys back and then just do nothing with them when they could do so much good booking with them. When you get to NXT UK later and I just thought of something and I'll bring it up when we get there. I may know exactly where you're going with this I got and something. I'm actually kind of very happy about where you're going with this okay. if I'm right. Uh, moving on. Uh, Natty Lacey Evans. Eh, solid F- match. 50-50 booking. Yeah. I hate good. 50-50 booking. I'm sorry. You had Evans come out last week, hit it with the women's right, pin a one, two, three. You have Natalie on Natalia, I'm sorry, on a little bit of a losing streak. Why not make Evans just look strong and go over her again? Use Nat- Natalia for w- what she is right now. She's a solid veteran presence in the locker room. Have her put people over. Yeah. If Natalie's a heel, Natalia. Natalia, I keep saying Natalie. If Natalia is a heel, have her put faces over. If she's if a Natalia's face, face, have her put, put heels, heels over. over. Have her be that veteran presence who, I'm not saying she's out the door, but think about her husband. No. Yeah, injury. CJ Parker. Yeah. Um, no. Not CJ Parker. Um, TJ, uh, TJ Wilson. Why did I say CJ Parker? No, it's... um. Why did I... Hold on. Why am I having a brain fight on this? It's... um. He was in the tag team. His with Cesaro. former Cesaro's tag team partner. Hold on. Well, I feel like that's his real name. Tyson Kidd. Yes. T Ty- J Wilson. Okay. Tyson- I don't know why I said T C J. So T J Wilson. Think about is his real name. Think about Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd's in the back right now. He's you know doing booking and he yeah he's he's on the he's on the board yeah so I can see Natalia moving into that role in the women's division. And utilize her for what she is right now. I could see her 
and this might be a stretch, but I'm not sure how the performance center works, but I'm assuming they have different coaches, one that works on storytelling in the ring, one that works on specific kind of move types. I could see her being a submission coach at the performance center. She could be one of the ones that helps teach the new people that come in, specifically homegrown talent, about working good submissions and how to work being in a submission and how to work putting on a submission Mm -hmm. because she's been known for so long as a submission specialist her family her entire family the entire heart dungeon yep was all about submission wrestling anywho's firefly uh, funhouse firefly funhouse best part of any episode of raw the best part this episode confused the hell out of me but it worked really well you know, they're giving him an open pilot. They're letting him do whatever he wants, and everything he has done has hit. Everything. Let me ask you a question. When he's in the ring, what hand is his hurt glove on generally? Is it on his left hand generally? So when <clears throat> when he's looking out to the camera, his hurt, I believe, is on his right hand, and then his heel is on his left. Okay, because I saw when he put his hand up, it was the hurt glove. Yeah. So I was thinking if his hurt's normally on his left hand, that just showed that he has hurt on the right hand as well. So he's transferring to having just hurt. Yeah, like I was talking about last week. <laughs> yeah, but I could be wrong. But so I found out. So the reason we just paused there is because I keep getting email blo- email pop-ups on my laptop. <clears throat> and I thought last week that they happened but they didn't. It doesn't pop up in recording. So we just randomly said hello there. Hello. And there was nothing that actually played. But now moving on, now that we know that that's the whole thing cleared up and we explained why we were sounding like psychopaths last week, if we don't already sound like psychopaths. Of course we do. It was really, really good. Yes. I like how, like we were talking before, we had this kind of conversation back and forth about the clock and Abby's clock, how it was stuck on 316. Oh, how about, before we do that, Stranger Danger. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. You know, he calls out he calls out Rollins. He calls out Strowman. He calls out Stone Cold, who has no business being there, because again, he, he seems to have this thing where he's attacking legends of the of the industry. Yeah. Jerry King Lala, Mick Foley, um Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Um obviously the only person who's really had anything to do with that's in the roster right now is Finn Balor. And that was again yeah. him him getting back at somebody who The whole Fiend thing. Yes. Well, Not the Fiend, the um, the demon. demon. So uh the, the Stranger Danger thing's great. Oh, yeah. But, it, was, I was, it was phenomenal. It was very good. But the clock, really interesting stuff with the clock. So I'm going to let him talk a little bit and explain how it was So because I got to look something up. Okay. So Abby the Witch got all upset about her clock, was stuck on 316 because obviously Stone Cold was at Madison Square Garden this week. And Bray comes out, takes a uh, a mallet or a hammer and he hits the clock to fix it. And as soon as he fixes the clock, it goes to the numbers 1119. Now, there's several things that this could tie into. Obviously, the most logical one is that Survivor Series takes place in November every year. So, yeah. 1119, November 19, Survivor Series. Yes. Also, Undertaker, his first official debut, officially was... On Survivor Series 11-22-1990. But he actually his first ever time on in ring or on screen was 11-19-1990. So, so it could be a whole thing working with 
Undertaker. Which would be another legend who he finally disposes of. Yeah. Or it could be another Bible verse, like the Austin 316 was based on John 316. The Bible verse that's most well known being the numbers 1119 is Ezekiel 1119. Now I'm going to read it off to you guys. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I remove them from their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Now, what I'm thinking that could be is almost like a rebirth, as like a rebirth of Bray Wyatt, or taking these old people that he had old feuds with and rebirthing them where he's the one that comes out on top. Or, I just thought of this now, the rebuilding of his new family is stable including Liv morgan yes yes where each one of the characters in the firefly funhouse um you're talking about is a Ramblin rabbit you got um the pig you got which the pig is based off of husky harris husky harris but could that be a play for his brother maybe they split up the b team maybe they do something like that it could be yeah so it's just there's different things you yeah there's, really gonna think be, about. there's gonna be there's gonna be because all a, a a person in each scenario yeah. since we've had husky harris yep. we've had that iteration which is the pig we've had mercy the buzzard which was him in his hawaiian shirts in the rocking chair yes we've had the demon or not the demon the devil yep. which is mcmahon but we've never seen an iteration of abby the witch yes correct we've had sister abigail but we've never had an actual iteration of Abby the Witch. Yeah, if you want to call that Sister Abigail, I don't know what that was. Him in drag and stuff. That was weird. That was very weird. That's not what I was talking about. I was talking about his finisher. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the whole thing with him and uh, Finn Balor. That was weird. Yeah, that was just... But we could possibly see a Sister Abigail character via Liv Morgan. Yes. Which would be very That makes the most sense. Yeah. That really does. Ten-man tag time. 10-man tags are a lot of fun. Oh, They're a lot of fun. So, I'm not talking about Survivor Series. Survivor Series matches are always fun, which those are five-on-five tags. Yeah. But I'm talking like a five-on-five non-elimination tag match where it's just holy hell, craziness, a psychotic match the entire time. Yeah. So, as we said before, Viking Raiders, Cedric Alexander, Seth Rollins, and Braun Strowman versus the OC, which is Gallows and Anderson and AJ Styles, and the glorious show-offs. Which is Bobby Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. So, good match throughout. Um, yeah. Good back and forth. Good offense by the heels. Good def- uh, good offense by the faces. Um, at the end of it, with Alexandra a, hits the lumbar check on AJ yeah. Styles. One, two, three. Match and, over. And Cedric's, uh, his expression after he did the pinfall, he was like, whoa, did I just pin did, AJ? Did I just pin AJ Styles? Like, Wow. And, and and his music didn't hit afterwards. Stone, Stone Cold's Cold did. Music hit. And what was really cool is everybody in the ring was on guard, ready as if he was going to attack them. Yeah. When he just gets in the ring, collects beers, and chucks them just all to everybody, everybody else. Yep. It was good way to go off the show. You know, a good way oh, yeah. to end the, to to end it. Very very good way to end Raw. And I think the nice thing that came out of it, um, is now you actually have a U.S. title match. Yeah. At Clash of Champions, you're yeah. now going to have Cedric Alexander. Versus AJ Styles for and a US title match. There's an actual legitimate reason to have that match. Yes, I there's mean, it, not just like, hey, let's just throw this person in that match. Yeah. Don't just randomly announce it off. Again, I would rather see builds over the course, like it was back a long time ago, where you're getting builds over the course of 
six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it might be. I mean, this build was over the course of two and a half weeks. Yeah, it's been... Well, the, I know the Cedric-AJ thing's been going on for a little bit. Yeah, but the true build against the OC really happened last week when they attacked him before his match and yeah. hurt his shoulder. And yeah. So you're seeing this build over the course of two weeks. It's a quick build. Could something come out of it? Possibly, but I'm not spoiling anything when it comes to Clash of Champions. Yeah, we're going to talk about that we'll a little get to bit that later. later. So moving on to SmackDown, we're going to open the show with the gong. Yeah, the Undertaker. A few gongs, and Undertaker finds his way out to uh, out to the ring. Starts talking about his history at Madison Square Garden, and the history of Madison Square Garden is a wrestling home. As a mecca. Yeah, and then hits Sami Zayn. It, it, I don't understand why Sami Zayn was the the one to... So, so to go back to the whole Five-Five Flynn house from Monday Night Raw, this is the perfect time to bring Bray Wyatt out and bury The Undertaker and start that feud. Have him come out, have the music stop, all of a sudden everything starts going weird, the lights go out, <clears throat> then all of a sudden Bray Wyatt's in the ring and he's got the mandible claw, which by the way, is what Mankind used the first few times he beat The Undertaker. Yeah. When he made his appearance into the WWE and became this force to be reckoned with and with the boiler room brawls and all this stuff. Did you notice that the first time that Bray used the Mandible Claw was against McFoley? Yes. Because when he was Passing facing uh, Finn, he was still using Sister Abigail. Yeah. But then when he took out McFoley, he used the Mandible Claw for the first time. Yeah, and it was almost like a passing of the torch. Like, yes, you can use my finisher. But, I mean, Sami Zayn's a perfect guy to just take a choke slam there. He's just coming out. He's just being squashed anyway. And just, but, just imagine the pop that would have happened if... It, it, was, a, it was a missed opportunity by the WWE because it would give you such great long-term booking. And I think... After watching that tag match with Roman Reigns a yeah. couple of months ago, I think that that Undertaker maybe has two or three good matches left in him. And, yeah, and you can't just and, use them on random people. Yeah, and you, you gotta can't give them one more good feud. And you can't use it on Saudi Arabia again. It's it. It's one of those things where you saw the Goldberg match and it was just a sloppy mess. But then Goldberg comes out and has a good match against Dolph Ziggler, albeit a squash match. And Undertaker comes out and has a good match with Roman Reigns. It, it, this was where Bray Wyatt comes out and he puts the Mandible Claw on the Undertaker and he walks out of the ring. And then we don't see anything of this happen until Survivor Series. 11-19. Survivor Series is match one. The Rumble is match two. And then WrestleMania. WrestleMania is the final match. Yep. So that is the last match Undertaker has and at he, WrestleMania 36. And he goes 0 for 3 in all those matches. He does not get a win. <clears throat> no. That is perfect booking. And that is because we've been we've been talking outside and me and a bunch of friends have been talking. Who is going to be the next ma- like mainstay in terms of like a psychological or mysterious character? I think it's going to be The Fiend. It has to be Because the Fiend. originally people were thinking it's going to be Aleister Black. Or the Demon. Or the Demon. But I think this Fiend Bray Wyatt character could, could live for a very, very long time so long as they use him right. Yes. That's the key thing. They need to use him right. And the nice thing is, is when Bray Wyatt wants a break, 
from that character. It's not like what happened with The Undertaker where he came out with the whole American badass thing. Yeah. He could actually just come out as the Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt. Yeah. If he just wants a break from The Fiend, he could just come out in his sweater vests and cut promos and have his entourage do things for him. Yeah. He could just be like this cult leader that he was that he was with the Wyatt family, but he'll have built up such an aura and such as this feeling of danger surrounding him that he actually is a credible threat. And what's what what you can do is because instead of considering him as a tweener, I don't think you can put a heel or a face label on the fiend. The fiend is just the fiend. He can face faces, he can face heels, he can face tweeners. Yeah. He is going to be the pop. Yeah. No it, matter who he faces, he will be the one that gets the big pop. Just imagine the pop that would have happened last night at Madison or two nights ago at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And the other thing you have to look at it too, the Undertaker was a tweener pretty much his entire career. I mean, yeah. he enters Survivor Series as a heel with the Million Dollar Man. Yeah. That's really realistically his first match. He then goes on to win his first title against Hulk Hogan as a heel. But the rest of his career, you know, even when he was part of the Ministry of Darkness, you know, yeah, he was abducting Stephanie McMahon and Stone Cold was the big face at that time. But he was still, he still could have came out and done all those same things to other heel factions like DX at that time. Yeah. And he probably still would have gotten a pop. That is who Bray Wyatt is. He is this gener. He, he is my my children are lucky enough to have Bray Wyatt as their generation's Undertaker because that's who he's gonna be yeah. if he is booked correctly. And the WWE missed a huge opportunity this past Tuesday when they put Sami Zayn in the ring versus the Undertaker, especially since after the show went off the air, Bray Wyatt was there and he fought his brother and the B team in a squash match. I didn't know that. Yeah. Bray Wyatt was at Madison Square Garden for SmackDown to have a squash match against the B team because they wanted to give the Rotunda Brothers their match at MSG as a family. A two-on-one handicap? It was a two-on-one handicap, and he destroyed the B team. And they had him there, and they didn't use him in the right spot. And it totally, totally sucks. Totally sucks. I didn't know that. Yeah. I really didn't know There's that. There's tons of videos online about it. People chanting Yowie Wowie. He he goes and he gives he gives the sister Abigail to um I I believe it was I believe he gave it to his brother and then he used the mandible claw on Axel. On Curtis Axel. And it, it's just like if you have him there, I'm sorry, but this is where Bischoff, if he's doing the booking, Heyman would have done it right. Yeah. Heyman would have done it right. Because Heyman has done it right. Every time the Fiend has attacked a legend, on what show has he been doing it? On Raw. Not on SmackDown. And I understand maybe they're trying to keep him as a Raw competitor. No. There's your opportunity. Build build the heat. Build the match. Set up a trifecta. Undertaker goes 0 for 3. Ends his career. You have your new mythical omnipresence of the WWE. Think of this. It- Undertaker debuted in 1990. 29 years ago. his last match happens at WrestleMania in 2020, putting away a 30-year career. End it at 30 years. I mean... Just short of 30 years. But that's what you would have done with Wyatt. So... We could talk about the subject we could for go the on rest for, of the night. Yes, we could go on for hours for this. Miz and Andrade 
Miz gets the pinfall over Andrade. Andrade's now lost two straight matches. You know, my King of the Ring pick all of a sudden is just falling down the totem pole. Um, but I think the best part of this whole match was Nakamura on commentary. Speaking his native language. Yeah, it was great. And they that let back speak and, Japanese. That back and forth with Corey Graves telling everyone that he's just saying that they suck. And it was great. It was great. Um, obviously, Nakamura just attacks post-match. Kinshasa to the back of the head. Yep. Just just exactly how you think it would happen. Yep. Um, next, Nikki Cross versus Manny Rose. Remember we were talking about cheap heat? Yeah. Real cheap heat over here. Yeah. You Calling someone ugly and saying that you're beautiful, cheap heat. AJ Styles? Good heat. Mandy Rose, cheap mm, heat. Yeah, not great heat. Very cheap heat. Not something I really enjoyed watching. I don't like I don't like that whole putting down of somebody based on looks. It's it's cheap. And yeah, WWE doesn't need to do that, especially with talents that they've got. Mandy yeah. Rose could find so many other ways to put people down. Oh yeah. And it feels like that's the only way they're utilizing her. I mean, was it a couple of months ago with the whole Ember Moon thing with the women's fitness magazine where she yeah, was going around handing so. out the women's fitness magazines and making, you know, Ember Moon they've, feel. They've really been pushing Mandy Rose as the only reason she's where she is is because of her looks. And it's, it's and because the whole Corey Graves thing and, like, the goddess and such like that. And it's yeah. like, just let, just, like, let it die. Just let the whole, the only reason she matters is because of her looks thing it's, just die. I don't like it. So, we'll go on to... Heavy machinery. Oh my god, man. Heavy machinery. I love myself some heavy machinery. They are so good. Steaks and weights. Steaks and weights. Steaks and weight, baby. Steaks and weights. Just a squash match, man, but it, it was so much fun to watch. So I found a meme that I'll post into the uh, Instagram page and I'll post it on our Facebook page. What when is the video description? Out. Just use it as the video description. It's, I, it's the best image I've I best image I've seen all week. Tops any Jericho meme that anybody has seen. Yeah, it it's just because uh, Otis did the straps down thing, and he just did kind of like a little sexy and I know it dance, and it's just absolutely great. And then he did the caterpillar. I love the caterpillar. It's not a good move. It's just it's literally just doing the caterpillar into an elbow drop, but it's just it's fun. It's a callback to Scotty Tuhati. Yes, this whole heavy machinery until they're put into a decent title feud. Are going to be kept as comedy guys, but it works. Yes, that's the it, thing. Like that's the key point is it works. It's just like when you want to talk Scotty Tuhati and Grandmaster Sexay. It's yeah, they're going to get a tag team title, just like those guys did. But how legitimately is McMahon going to look at them? Is he just going to look at them as a comedy act? Because if he is, it's kind of it kind of sucks because of. You can see some of the moves those guys are able to do. They're very for, talented guys. 405 Live, my friend. 405 Live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Imagine like a legitimate tag team match between them and the War Raiders. Oh, man. Just imagine. I think they've had that in uh, NXT before. Oh, um, They've probably had that in NXT. They probably have. I'm not sure, but... It, 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 two super talented lo- big men. I mean, you want, you want to talk about the WWE? They always like their big guys. You know, they, they have a tendency of wasting a lot of big guys. Look at Big Van Vader when he was in the yeah. WWE. They wasted him, you know, because Michaels thought he was too stiff of a worker. But if you fit what McMahon wants you to be as a big guy and you fit the status quo as far as what the talent in the back is willing to deal with as far as stiffness with your striking, then you can survive as a big guy. What I think it is is they like big muscular guys. They don't like heavy set guys. Yes. Because look at Big Show. 
Yeah. Mark Henry got a decent push, but what was that, his first gimmick? Sexual chocolate. Well, no, he One came of his in. First. He came in. Um, his original gimmick was actually as part of the Nation of Domination. He was the muscle. That's right. In the Nation of Domination. Yeah, that's right. Then he came out with that whole. Um, Oh, was the Olympic thing before that? It, it, it either goes the Olympic thing to Nation of Domination or Nation of Domination to his Olympic powerlifter because that's what he came in as, the world's strongest yeah. man legitimately. Um, then he went into the whole sexual chocolate thing, which, I mean, it was funny. Yeah. Attitude era character. Yeah. It was just what it was because think about who came out of the Nation of Domination. You had one half of the Acolytes in Ron Simmons. You had The Rock, who is a transcendent, superstar in yeah. every kind of media you can think of yeah you had kuma uh you had mustafa who then became the godfather yeah okay and d'lo brown yeah those are the original four members of your nation of domination and d'lo brown's career you know a lot of people forget how good d'lo brown really was in the ring he's the one he's the kind of the one outlier i mean multiple time european title holder intercontinental championship title holder um just a great worker and obviously Mark Henry, but big guys, if you don't fit that tall muscular build, someone like, you know, Undertaker in his heyday, Diesel, Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman McMahon looks at you as a comedy act. Yeah. Cause and that's how they treat heavy machinery. Look at, look at heavy machinery. Look at big show. Yeah. Cause big show, he, big show was forced to cry on live television. So was Vader. V- Vader called Vader. himself, Excuse me, excuse me if you're going to have to edit this. But he didn't call himself a fat piece of on on a pay-per-view. He called himself a fat piece of That's just like it's that's not who Vader was. Vader yeah. was like the most dangerous guy. I can remember when um Rick Flair had a retirement match against Vader. If he lost the match, yeah. He had to retire. And this was when Flair was legitimately a heel in, w- in, in the NWA WCW. And he still, he was getting cheers because Vader was that dangerous of a big man. And he comes to the WWE and they waste him. Again, if you don't fit the WWE mold of big and muscular, then you get turned into almost a comedy act. And it sucks. It sucks. Especially it really for does. people like Heavy Machinery. Well, moving on to another big man that's actually doing really good things right now. Yes. Eric Rowan. Yes. Eric Rowan, someone who I never thought was going to be a talker, is a talker. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He does, Um, I mean, his promos are just, he looks down into the camera and he's just got those angry eyes. Yeah, he's just so much emotion in his face. Like, he's finally like, yes, you're letting me talk. I finally got some stuff I can say. I can get it yeah. off my chest. I'm not just muscle. I am the mastermind. I'm the one who decided to try to attack you, Roman Reigns. And then that goes into the brawl, into the crowd, which it's really nice. Um, that's one of those things that Bischoff, again, if he's managing this stuff, he's always been good at that. Getting people into the crowd, getting brawls out that way. Even in his time in WCW, he did yeah. a good job with it. So I like that whole brawl. I like, um, again, you know, Rowan standing tall at the end. Uses the swing arm to take everybody down, including the referees. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, I, it was great stuff. Um, very, very good stuff. Um, another up next, p- Bailey versus Ember Moon, as no, Charlotte Flair watched on. Another poor booking. I mean... Ember Moon over Ember. Yeah, I mean Moon just keeps losing. Yeah, I. Uh, she went I from. It. I love Ember Moon. She so went from. Much. She went from eating catering to uh, getting out in matches and just losing. Yeah, and then yeah. going back and eating more catering. Eating more catering. So, um, up next, Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton again, as we said, found their way out into the uh, crowd. Into the crowd, and 
he re he redid his uh his famous MSG spot from the, ten years ago. The boom drop, the, the boom table. drop onto the table. Yeah, which did you notice? The first table broke. Yes. Yes. As he was sitting on it. Yep. And then they were like, well, damn, we need to move this. Yes. And they did it on the second yes. table. But did you notice before he came out to the ring when he was in the corridor, there was an image of that? There was a poster that he was looking at? Was there really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. There was a poster he was looking That's at. That's cool. Before he went out. So That's really cool. It's one of those They kind of like foreshadowed it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good callback. Um, it's a good... This is true title building. True yeah. few building. This has yeah. been going over f- for a couple of months and it wasn't like... I know, again, you're a big Corbin fan, but it wasn't like Corbin Rollins was just rammed down our throat. Yeah. This actually has 10 years of build. Whether this is accidental or purposely that they did this, yeah. I'm going to go accidental. Um, It's just great that they're able to go back to something that happened 10 years ago yeah. and then be able to give it a good callback. Yeah, you know? exactly. And they're able to twist the history. They're able to say he just thinks... Um, he thinks Kofi's stupid for even believing that he could be a champion and not what really happened, which was a botch in the ring. It was It's just really cool for those callbacks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. King of the ring. Oh, okay. So if you guys noticed, we we missed a few parts that happened because we're going to go through everything right now. Starting out the night after the opening, Chad Gable goes up to Shane McMahon and Shane decides to inform him that Elias is injured and because Gable's a fighter Gable's not going to go right through to the finals he's going to have a match and McMahon's going to tell him later on a little later on McMahon calls Gable back in and says you're going to go one-on-one with the best in the world me Shane McMahon Gable leaves Orton walks in or not Orton uh, Owens walks in Owens is appointed special guest referee because if he can make McMahon look good and McMahon win to move on to the finals of the King of the Ring, he'll wipe away the $100,000 fine. Come to the match. McMahon comes out, does his whole Shane McMahon thing with Tony. Uh, Best in the world. With uh, Greg, Greg Hamill. Yes. Um, ring uh, Match starts. Gable wins. Gable hits that. Um, German suplex, yeah. fast count, yeah. one, two, three, real fast. Just like the way Owens got screwed over in his match against Elias. Yeah. So you think, oh, good, Gable got Owens got his comeuppance against Shane McMahon. No, Shane rolls out of the ring, grabs a mic, and says, "This is now a two out of three falls match." And then it looks like he goes over to Owens and he's saying something to Owens. I don't I know if a lot no- of people picked that up. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it looked like he went over there like, "Hey, listen, you better." M- I better win this match because if you'll notice the rest of the match, Owens was slow counting Gable. And he was fast counting for Shane. And he was quick counting Shane. And Shane had a couple of good spots in there with some suplexes and stuff like that where he was getting pinfalls. And everything was just quick counts for Shane, slow counts for Gable where he was checking to make sure the shoulders were down. It was just, it was, it was almost like a flip of script for Owens. But then Gable puts in an ankle lock and he makes him tap. And Owens kind of like. That's. What am I supposed You're to do? You're the one do? that's tapping, dude. You tapped and he out. Didn't even, he didn't even, like... Yeah, he didn't even call he, for the bell. Call for the bell. He, he was just, just like... I don't know, man. Dude, you tapped. And that I was, can't do anything about and, that. And that was something that was really cool. It's a two out of three falls match. But it went 2-0. Yeah. There was nothing else. It went two straight falls, yeah. Done. Over. Yeah. But but then at the end, it, it almost looked like Shane was going to be like, okay, it is what it, it is. It is what it is. No, he attacks him from behind. Yep. And lays him out and fires him. I know. 
but that's something we're going to talk about later on in the news because I don't know if you've read today's news. No, I haven't. I... So we'll talk about this a little later on. Okay. All right. So we're going to move on to NXT now. Yes. The show opens with Damian Priest, a.k.a. Punishment Martinez, formerly on the independent scene. Yep. I love Punishment Martinez. He's such a good worker. And he faces Boa. Never heard of Boa. He, I guess he was one of the guys in the breakout tourney. Yep. It was a good match. It was a very, very good match. It was match. a very good match. Um, You know, Damian Priest was kind of just shrugging off most of the offense for most of the match. Um, Not trying to make Boa look weak. It's just trying to really make Damian Priest look strong. Yeah. Because he hasn't... What they kept saying on commentary is that since he's come back as his Damian Priest character, he hasn't lost a match. Yeah, he hasn't. And I Didn't he lose to Keith Lee the week after... Was that him who lost to Keith Lee the week after NXT 25? I thought it was, but we can fact check that. Or yeah. if anybody who's listening wants to fact check that. And let you know, us know. We'll mention it in the beginning we'll give of next you, We'll give you a call out next episode. It's just one of those things. I believe Um, I believe he's lost a match against Keith Lee. but Could be, yeah. Um, Very good match. Uh, Martinez goes over. Yeah. Uh, Damian Priest goes over. Yep. Uh, with the... I don't remember what it was, but it almost looked like a uh, almost looked like an end of days kind of thing. Yeah, it, or a uh, corkscrew DDT kind of thing. Yeah, but it is a great finisher. Yeah, it is. Um, up next was did I am I missing anything when I say Johnny Gargano? No. Or, okay, Gargano promo. Gargano's promo, which so I put together a Google Doc for everything, and normally it's like one or two lines. No, this is a good like paragraph I have because I wrote down everything. It for was this. so good. I mean, they let the Johnny wrestling chant go for for at least seven, eight minutes. Uh, It was long. It was so long. We were talking about the Cesaro swings last week. Johnny wrestling. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. Johnny just kept going and going. Please don't go. And and the funny thing is, is even Gargano at one point, he's like, guys, I told him I was going to be out here real quick. It's just like. I told him I wasn't going to be long, guys. It was, it was so good. I think, I think they were going to give him as much mic time as he needed. Yeah. But he was doing that just to kind of like see if they'd keep going. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And then Shane Thorne comes out. Oh, that. Oh, God. I love Shane Thorne. 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 He's a very, very solid heel. Yes. Yes, it was awesome. And he's telling Johnny, you know, we don't need you anymore. Find your way out of the ring. You know, goodbye, blah, blah, blah. And Johnny starts to walk out. Looks like he's going to get out. And he's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I Super am, kicks him. I am NXT and I'm not going anywhere. anywhere. Super, Super kick. kick. And then he spells out NXT N- for life. life. And what a what a great way to build. Again, something that the that Raw and SmackDown can take from NXT, this is how you build a feud. Yeah. Just, it's so smooth. Which, this came out of nowhere. Yes. Because on commentary last week, they were booking, they were telling about this coming up, and then they cut to the commentary table, and Shane Thorne walked out, took Moro's headphones off, and started talking into the mic like, who needs Johnny Gargano? Yes. Why aren't you talking about Shane Thorne? Why aren't you talking about me? I'm the future of NXT. Why aren't you talking about me? And then they cut to commercial. Now, to get into a little bit of future booking, I want to go into this real quick. That's fine. Gargano Thorne, do you think that they give them two or three matches? And do you think Gargano takes two losses, or do you think it's 50-50 booking? Two, 50-50 booking. Thorne takes the first. Gargano takes the second. Okay. All right, that's kind of the way I would actually flip it. I'd have Gargano take the first, and, and I'd have take, Thorne the, take second. the second. So this way, he's going stronger into maybe a U.S. Championship feud or something like that. Not U.S. Yeah. Um, North American. Yeah. Okay. That's I the way I that. look at it. 
Um, and then Gargano. I feel like the reason Gargano is staying because Gargano's been in NXT since 2015, 2016. Yeah. Since before DIY. Yeah. Actually, 2016, because I think they came in with the Cruiserweight Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him and Champa both were in the Cruiserweight yeah, Classic. Yeah, and they faced each other. That was a phenomenal match. We'll talk about that yep. in the future. Yep. Um, I think they're going to keep Gargano in, and they're going to have him keep winning matches, but he's not. I don't think he's going to win another title. No, no, He's no. not going to hold another belt. He, he's going to be the guy to put over these young guys that they have faith in, Shane Thorne. I feel like they're going to use him with Dominic Dijakovic or Keith Lee, or some of these guys that need feuds to get into the title picture. Okay. I, I like it. I don't think he'll fight anyone like Dijakovic I don't think or they'll Keith fa- Lee. face anybody huge, but yeah. like the smaller No, the smaller guys. guys. Like a lot of guys will come up through. Kushida. Yes. Yeah, Kushida. If they decide to turn... That's the only thing is they'll have to turn Kushida heel. Yeah, they're going to have to put over heels with him. They're yeah. not going to be able to use him as yeah. a heel. He worked well with Black, but that was more of... He's just... He was a angry pissed off heel yeah he wasn't a he wasn't a bad guy maleficent um maleficent heel yeah malicious malicious angry yes. or, well, like, he was angry. like these next guys we're going to talk about the forgotten sons oh man the oh. forgotten sons we brought them up i brought them up last week as one of my favorite news you know one of my favorite stables in the wwe not in all of wrestling but the wwe i do like this stable i mean that 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 video package was awesome it gave yeah. them. It gave you highlights of all their stuff from you know NXT 25 and stuff that they've done in the weekly episodes, and you know I like the way it ends. We will not be forgotten, and it good, 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 good. Give them, yeah. Give them, give. You don't need to necessarily give them a title push. Just get them in the picture because they're the type of guys who can take falls from faces, and they're the guys who could um beat certain faces to stay in the title picture. You know how we're it, talking about good heat. Yeah, these guys can, uh, can generate make good heat. Yeah, and it doesn't matter who it is because they were attacking the undisputed era. They were attacking the street profits. They yeah. were attacking only Larkin and Danny Birch. They they'll attack anybody. They're they're what you call a pinnacle heel team. What I really because like, they, there's no fringe with them. Yeah, the crowd does not like them, so it, no, they don't get any cheering. Yeah, what I like about NXT is they don't just have heel and faces. They have heels. Heels that you like and faces. Yes. Because heels in NXT, Shayna Baszler, Marina Schiffer, and Jessamyn Duke. Yep. The Forgotten Sons. Yep. But when we come to heels that you like, the Undisputed Era. Io Shirai. Io Shirai. Tommaso Ciampa. Even someone like um, Bianca Belair. Yeah. She's like one of them fringe people. Yeah. People cheer her. It's a heel that you can like. Yes. And then when you put them up against a heel that you just don't like, then it's just good booking. Yes. Very good booking. Up next, we had Pete Dunne, my favorite wrestler, Pete Dunne, versus uh, Angel Garza, who I didn't know was Humberto Carrillo's uh, cousin. Yes. Which I liked that they were pushing that he is almost like the Mandy Rose of NXT, but as a male where it's like he's all about his appearance. Yeah. And he's the best looking wrestler in the the world, Mm -hmm. whatever like that, and the best looking man. I'm like... Yeah, he's a dude. Yeah, he's got dimples. That's they were really pushing his dimples, which I don't get. But the thing about the match was it was just nonstop. Oh, it was a lot, very... of, a lot of finger contortion, a lot of. Oh, and they had and they were letting Garza do a lot of the uh, the holds and everything yeah. and the contortion and yeah. everything, kind of turn it back on Dunn. Yeah, and then Dunn won with a finger contortion tap out. I think. Yeah, yeah. Or tap. it was. It well, was... he just snapped the fingers, and all of a sudden you just see Garza. Oh my god! Oh my god! He just tapped. Yeah. So really good way to play up yeah. that. 
Um, which which they really like to use done with the finger snap and everything. And on the independent scenes, another person that really likes to do that stuff is Marty Skrull. Okay. Marty Skrull really likes to do the finger contortion stuff, but Pete Dunne does it the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really use that as... It's not a um, submission, but it's like really like working over a body part. Yeah. It's in like, such a way more so than just like beating on it or throwing it into a post or whatever. It, it's almost like a, it's almost like a knockout. Like yeah. you, you talk about MMA, something I don't really watch too much of. But then you got guys who just get choked out, you know, tapped out, and then you get people who just get knocked out. And when he grabs those fingers, it's almost like there's so much pain. The person just it's over. Yeah, they, they can't, don't want to. can't handle the they pain. It's continue, shock. Yeah, they don't want to continue the match. Yeah. Um, couple of things that they announced, which is really cool for next week, first live NXT. Yeah. You're going to have Undisputed Ever and the Street Profits, who after a really cool promo inside of yeah. inside of Central Park. Yeah, it was really good. You're going to get them for the tag team titles next week on the live uh, first hour. Yeah, you're and they get, just had some random dude pointing yeah. in the direction. That with, was just great. With Madison Square Garden. Uh, that way, a, that couple way a couple miles. Um, you're then going to get Strong versus Dream. Yep. United, um, North uh, American North Championship. Central. And then something you find out later on, which is the Fatal Four Way, which used to be a, th- which was a three way match between with Bianco Belair and um, yeah. Yim. Now is going to have Candice LeRae in it. it. So it would have would have had Rhea Ripley if not for what happened at the end of the night. Um, so you're going to get that as a Fatal Four Way. And then in the second hour, Killian Dean and Matt Riddle in, in a, a street, street fight. fight. And you, you guarantee Matt Riddle's going to be barefoot. Yes. He's not going to wear shoes. Okay. Out of those four matches, what's the one you're most looking forward to? I would like to say it's going to be the main event of the first hour, the uh, North American title. Okay. But I'm really looking forward to Riddle and Dane. Yes. Dane okay. We're on because, the same page. Because oh. I absolutely love Matt Riddle. I've met Matt Riddle before. I have Matt Riddle's autograph. That's awesome. Oh my god, I love Matt Riddle, and this is going to be a really good match because now that Killian Dane is on his own and is doing his own thing, they're letting him run wild. Yes, and a stable that got broken up, Sanity. Look at the three who have come out of it and look really good. You've got Nikki Cross with the Tag Team Championship. You've got Killian Dane, and somebody we're going to get to when we get to NXT UK. Alexander Wolf, <sighs> and everyone who everyone thought that Eric Young was going to be the main guy that came out of Sanity the best, and, and he's he got, eaten catering. He got buried, and a lot of that has to do with Eric Young's affiliation with TNA from yeah. back in the day when they yep. tried to do the whole Daniel Bryan storyline in TNA with Eric Young. And I just think yep. that's just McMahon being vindictive, um, and burying burying somebody. But again. Eden Catering, like you're saying. You only see him in the 24-7 championship. Which, by the way, nothing this week for 24-7. Yes, there was, actually. Oh, there was. Before Raw at main event, one of the Boston Celtics forwards, I'm not sure who, came out to MSG as a heel, pinned R-Truth to win the belt, was celebrating... Everyone in MSG was booing him because I'm pretty sure MSG is either the Knicks or the Nets, right? No, it's the Knicks. It's the Knicks, which is a huge rivalry for the Celtics. Yeah. And just Boston and New York is yeah. just a huge rivalry. And then Truth rolls them up, so now a 15-time champion. Wow. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm not even I'm not even a huge basketball fan, 
But I just think it's great that they're including all these celebrities, the Fox Sports guys. Yeah. They're having the legends come back to do it as well. Yep. I think what they're doing with the 25-7 championship is phenomenal. Thank you, and R-Truth. Thank you so the much. The fact that Truth is writing it is great. Thank you. It's awesome. Yes. All right, moving on. Uh, Cameron Grimes, a.k.a. Trevor Lee, formerly Trevor Lee on the independent scene, uh, went over Raul Menden- Mendoza. Good Solid match. match. Quick yep. match. Double stomp. Um, ends yeah. the match. I mean, Cameron Grimes was in the finals of the... Uh, Breakout tourney. Breakout tourney. Lost to uh, Jordan Miles. Yep. And I just think... Um, Which I, think- I thought they, they did a really good promo with him last week where they had him backstage. He was kind of losing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going a little bit crazy because he's like, I should have won this. I should have won this. I should have won this. All this. And like, I'm going to come back from this. Yeah. And he came out and won in a really quick, vindictive fashion. Yeah. Um, one thing I noted... Um, because we're going to get into um, a couple of female wrestlers. But one thing I noted watching NXT this week, obviously the news earlier this week was that 205 Live is going to be absorbed into NXT yep. talent. Um, I think that they're probably going to get rid of this Cruiserweight Championship. And yeah. we were discussing before we came on about bringing back the Light Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, almost something like what they have in New Japan. 235 and under. Yeah, so it's like 235, 240, some, where like you consider them a light heavyweight, but they're not like the 260s, 270s, 280s. Yeah, but they can still chase the big belt if they want. Exactly, like what Kenny Omega did, because Kenny Omega originally was a junior heavyweight, mm-hmm. so they call it the junior heavyweight in New Japan, and he was like, I'm sick of being a junior heavyweight. I've held this belt. I want the big one. Yeah. And then he went and challenged for the... Big belt. So I think with this whole merger with the 205 Live, I think you're going to get a new division within the NXT and then maybe even another new division within the, within NXT UK where you're going to be introducing that light heavyweight championship. And I think they're really going to start showcasing your 225, 235 pounders and under. Because look at some of the guys who are on this show tonight. You had Boa. Yep. 225. You had Gargano. Yeah. I think he's 205. Yeah, he's. I think he's 190-something. Okay. Shane Thorne, another... He's like... 220, which is, again, under 220. You had Pete Dunne, Angel Garza, Raul Mendoza, Grimes. Grimes is over. Grimes oh. is quite heavy. Oh, yeah? Trevor Lee's a big guy. He's okay. like 6'7-something. Okay. But you're looking at the guys who they're all kind of highlighting within this, within this um, episode, and it just makes... It makes sense if you're going to be bringing over 205 Live that maybe you don't call it 205 Live anymore, even though that's not what they're going to do. I just think you're going to create a new division within oh, XC. I lied. I lied. Cameron Grimes is six foot 220. Put him in the division. Put the belt on him. Who cares? Just it's. I just think you're going to be able to get some of the guys over now, and then you've got people like um, Danny Birch and Oni yeah, Lawkin, yeah. who you could move over to. UK. UK and have them challenge for the belt. And have them challenge for that division. And even for the tag t- titles and stuff like that. But I, I like I like what we saw in Raw with the Luchadors. I like what we saw in this episode highlighting that weight class. I think there's a lot you can do with that weight class in NXT. Could you see some of the, the big guys, not the big guys, but like the bigger name guys, the guys that have been on Raw and SmackDown for a while... Come back and challenge for that belt. Sami Zayn could come back for that belt. Um, Sami Zayn is just going to be used for squash at this moment. At this point, that's all they use yeah. him for. I mean, they're using him for comedy and squash. So you're but not like, going to see him go back. But if you're talking about, you could see Cedric. You could see Cedric go back Buddy. for it. 
Buddy Ali. Murphy. Ali. Um, Cesaro's right on the cusp. I wouldn't. I probably I don't think. think I, I think he's like two forty-five. I couldn't see Cesaro just because he's he's one of those like we were talking about the McMahon big guys. Yeah. In my opinion, even though he's a bit lighter, he's still one of those. He's just strong. He's a pound for pound the strongest man in WWE. Yeah. See him a little bit more in UK, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, I could see him going for that belt. But soon. that's not who I was thinking about. No, earlier, I know so who we'll you're talk thinking. About it. Um, Dakota Kai returns in a couple weeks. I'm yeah. so excited. I love myself some Dakota oh, Kai. God, She's I'm so the, excited. Uh, the original leader of Team Kick. Yes. Who did you know? Who else is part of Team Kick? Nope. Uh, someone else we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Tegan Knox. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you notice that she had that armband that said Team Kick? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice that until I watched NXT because I watched UK before NXT. Okay. Because I watched UK when I first woke up this morning and I watched NXT early in the afternoon. And I noticed when she mentioned Team Kick, I was like, whoa, Tegan Knox yeah. <laughs> was wearing a Team Kick thing. And I was like, what is that from? Was that like a tag team she used to be in? I guess so. Team Kick. Um, It's just good to see Dakota Kai back. I mean, yeah, and it's sad because they both went off injured. Yes, right around the same time. Yeah, similar injuries too, right? Both of them had uh, knees. MCL, ACLs. I yeah, think. it's just it's good, it, good returns for both women divisions. Yes, really yes. good returns. Yes. You know, because these are these are women that know how to put on good matches. Yes, and they're not going to come back and just be in be in there just to be in there. No, they're actually going to be performers in that division. Yes, and they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be right into the. Title picture? Title no. picture. Tegan Knox, maybe, but we'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but definitely Tegan Knox. Dakota Kai has a Dakota lot Kai has of, got quite a bit of ground to make up. Through. Yeah. But speaking of the women's tag the uh, women's title division in NXT, Rhea Ripley loses via DQ. And again, I'll own up to my own bad takes last week. I said there's no way that Rhea Ripley could lose and it'd be good booking. Well, I was wrong. It was great booking. Great booking. And she lost. And she lost. And because, she looked because super the, strong. Because the way it went down is either Marina or uh, Jessamine. I don't yeah. remember which one was the one that threw the chair in. And then the referee. Shayna went to go hit her with it. Oh, she, she caught it. it. Caught it. And just used pulled it. Pulled it out. The ref said, I will DQ you. And she's like, okay. Eh, screw it. Smacks yep. Shayna with the chair. Yep. DQ. And if she had won. She, she would have been in the Fatal Five Way. Yes. But I don't think she cared at that point. I don't think she cared. I, I don't think, think she knew. I think she was pissed off that one, the referee didn't call for the bell as soon as the other two came down because one of them ran in the ring. Yeah, she didn't initiate the contact because Rhea Ripley just laid her out. But I can remember back in the day, as soon as somebody came into the ring, as soon as they crossed that under that rope. Ding ding ding! And they noted they uh, noted that on the uh, on commentary, they said that the reason they didn't call for DQ is because uh, Rhea initiated contact first. Yep. Since she was the one that knocked her out, they didn't call for the bell. Nope. So, um, very what? good, very good NXT this yes. week. Yeah, very and good then, NXT. And then the promo to end it all with yeah, with Undisputed Era. Era, yeah, closing yep. out saying that we're going to be draped in gold, which is going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm predicting next week they are going to end. The first hour draped in gold. Yep. Best stable in all, all of wrestling. Of wrestling. Which, Better than LAX. Which Better is than... a, LAX is I would say is like a one B. I, I la- last week we had it the other way around. Yeah. And then you know, you have a week to think in hindsight. Yeah, it's like and you oh, they're and you really good. Really think about it and you look at what the error is doing. Yeah. They're they're really good and there's no ill will towards anybody else who's in a stable in this in this industry, but the arrow is gonna have 
all the gold yeah. next Wednesday, and that's it. Yeah. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. All right, we're going to be moving on to the final show that we're going to be talking about this week, NXT UK. The best hidden gem in all of the WWE. Yeah. If you're not watching this show, you're, you're missing, missing out. out. I almost didn't watch it because I was like, oh, it's just NXT UK. It's not as great as regular NXT. It's on par. And then the opening. I wasn't going to watch it. And then all of a sudden, it kind of just... First of all, the intro music to NXT UK... It's killer. It's killer. Slipknot's better, but this is really good. Well, you're a Slipknot fanboy. I am a so. Slipknot fanboy. I don't care. I'll admit that to the world. But this is a really good... I love... It's heavy metal. Heavy metal and wrestling belong together. Yeah, it fits. You, you talk about the WWE Tough Enough stuff back from the 2000s, and you talk about all their attitude adjustments and stuff like that that they've done over the years. And heavy metal just sits with wrestling. It works. And Triple H will even say that. He says some of his biggest influences heavy metal. Motorhead. Motorhead. Um, you've got Seth Rollins with Parkway Drive. It's just big influences without the industry. But the opening theme song is awesome. And then you get Imperium. And the yeah, way they which, stand which at Which we're the- talking about heavy metal works so well with wrestling. But Imperium is using classical, classical music, music as their theme song. Which... Friggin' fits and talking about more theme song, we're gonna talk about it later on. The uh, they're using Junior's music for Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster's. Yeah, Junior, uh, Mark Andrews is the basis for Junior, and that's a punk band. Yes, and not to get too far off top topic, but most metal fans, their closest relation to any kind of music industry is classical music. Yeah, it's got the biggest tie in between the two. Yeah, and that's why it works so well in the wrestling industry because if you look at a lot of people who've ever come out to metal themes or classical themes, they're usually the the best of the best heels. You you the best of the best faces. Damien Sandow was a very, very good heel when he was working the I'm better than you yes. and came out to the classical music. Yes. He was a really good heel, but then he became Damien Mizdow and then well Yeah. Whatever. But Imperium just Oh my god. Awesome. Him and I Dave and I are absolutely I love talking about merch. I'm thinking about coming out with my own merch for my own company and such like this and my own merch line. But as soon as Imperium's merch drops on WWEshop.com, we are both buying it that because it is, is the killer. best. It is the best merch in all of WWE it's right simple. now. It's two white lines, the word Imperium in a sans serif font, and then on their clothes it has their last name where they're from and their flag. That's it. Yep. And they don't need anything else. And on the back, it says Imperium. And what I really liked about Imperium standing in the ring, it's just this this gusto about them. This, we killed British strong and, style. And it's and it's it's not them walking around, working nope. the crowd. It's them in just, a straight line, arms behind their back when they're not talking, dead-eyed, straight look. Yep. Not and, looking around. And, and not just one guy talking, but... You get three of them. Barthel talking. You get Wolf talking, and as soon as as soon as Walter starts talking, everybody shuts up. Everybody sees the power when that guy starts talking, and Eichner just standing there, bald head, broad shouldered. He, he. I'm is, pretty sure Eichner's the smallest, and he's the muscle of the group. Yeah, he is. he's the muscle. He's the one that is just like, yep, okay, let's do this. You want to yeah, stop fighting? Like, if you look at if you look at the. Uh, the crew. If you look at Imperium, you have Eichner, who is the muscle. You have Bartel, who I'd say is almost the brains. The snob. 
He's yeah, he's definitely the snobby snobby European. Yep. You have Wolf who's the dirty hardcore. Yeah, he's like kind of got that psychopathic sting yes. still just a little bit there, but he's kind of calmed down a little bit, but it can snap back out yep. if he needs to. At any time. And then there's Walter who is the leader. Yep. You can tell he's the one in charge. And then everybody has their role. Yes. Everybody has their point. And it's not like they jump back and forth like nope. with the OC where it's sometimes Gallo's in charge, sometimes Anderson's in charge. When yep. it was just the tag team. Yeah. Now AJ is in charge, but that's just how it's been. But like sometimes Anderson was the one in charge, sometimes uh, Gallows was. No, it's like you know your role, you stay in your role. Yep. And Walter will put you in your role if, yes. you, if you jump out. So then Imperium goes into a squash match, tag team match. It's no, nothing, against some local guys, yeah, which. Nothing, nothing big to go calling home about. It was just a good match, you know, makes Imperium look. Super powerful. And then Walter comes in and, and just absolutely lays one of the guys yep, out. Just ends it. That's it. Uh, Jordan, and then they just end it. Arms crossed behind. Walter holding his belt. Just stand. staring straight down and fades out. Yep. Oh, it's perfect booking for them. Jordan Devlin. Good Went match. over Aston Smith. That was a very good match. Yep. I was actually very impressed by Aston Smith. Um, Very, very good. Yeah. I like Devlin a lot. Um, Jordan Devlin's really, really good. Yeah. Yep. His yep. merch is great. Do you notice how it's like half skull, half him? Yeah. And then it's um his finisher's the devil inside. Yes. Which it's just, it works. It fits him. Hmm, devil inside. Oh, that's another uh, Slipknot song. But. Yeah. Well, Jordan Devlin. Yeah, I know. It works. Yeah. But it's nice too. Uh, comes from uh same area as uh, uh, Finn Balor. Yeah, Wicklow. Yeah. So Wicklow County that, Island. That's yeah. a, uh, I know they had a tag team match that they kind of did together a few months back. Yeah, and I, I think, I can't remember. I think it might have been him versus. Oh, no, it was him versus Finn. Yeah, because he came out saying, I need an opponent. And then Finn, Finn came out yeah. and. Took him on. Yeah, it was at uh the one uh, ballroom, something yes. the Queen's Ballroom or something like yep. that. Yeah, it was one of their live events. It was where they hosted the first champion, uh, the first tournament. Yes, first NXT was there, UK yeah. tournament. Um, next uh, came backstage. It was meant to be a Tony Storm promo, but Tony Storm was nowhere to be found. And then out comes Nina Samuels. I've never heard of her, but she says she's going to be the next future of the women's division in NXT. Now, this is where I said, I don't think it's going to be her. I don't think it's going to be Tegan Knox. I don't think it's going to be Kaylee Ray. I don't even think it's Tony Storm is going to come back for it. I think it's going to be, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name right now. I'm blanking on her name right now. Piper Niven. Okay. It's. I think Piper Niven is going to be the next face of the NXT Women's Division. I think she's going to be the one to dethrone Kaylee Ray eventually. I think... Um... I think Pipe Niven will win the belt next. I just think that the next set of matches are going to be Tegan Knox. It's going to be Tegan Knox yeah. versus Kaylee Ray, yeah. especially after Tegan Knox's, you know, win over Shanks, thirty-second match, good, good squash match for a with face. the Shining Wizard, yes, with the shiniest wizard. And uh, Kaylee Ray comes out, cuts a promo, um, but it's going to be it's going to be Tegan is going to get that next. She's going to get the next big push. Yeah, the next match against her. Kaylee Ray will probably at go least over. two. I'd say at least one, maybe two. No, I think it's gonna be one because then I think once she's done with her, that's when you're gonna get your Nina Samuels. Then she'll be done with her, and, and then, then that's when you get the Piper, Piper Niven. Yeah. Um, Noam Dar press conference. Oh, I love Noam no, Dar. I, both the guys in this, him and Trent Seven. Yeah, and Noam Dar comes out. Says it almost looks like he's gonna cry. Almost like he's saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire. retire. I'm gonna finish. I'm I'm done with wrestling." And they're like, "I am the." 
best wrestler in this industry. Yes. And it was just phenomenal. Yes. He and was... then Trent Seven was just in the back on his phone like, are oh, you done talking, mate? Yeah. You done? Just... You just, are you just talking yourself up there? Yeah. And I love... I think that's going to lead to a feud between them two. Oh, or at it, least a match. It's going to be a good match. Uh, let, let, it lead, let it lead to a couple of matches. That's yeah. fine. You know, even if you do one-on uh, UK television and then you you build towards a, a UK pay-per-view. I yeah, just, I can see that. It'd be, it'd be a good match. It'd it, be a good opener. Yeah. A good opening match. A very good opening match. Yeah. Up next um, was the UK Tag Team Championship rematch, rematch. between Grizzled Young Veterans and the, the Welsh Boys. Yep. And uh, they the, don't have a tag team name yet, so I'm just calling them the Welsh Boys. And the Welsh Boys retained. Yeah. Good. Which is very, very good. I mean, they were still in Cardiff, so obviously they weren't going to have them yeah. losing their hometown. Um, But just very good, very good match. Non-stop. Yeah. I mean, there is something to say about the NXT Tag Team Division and the NXT UK Tag Team Division. Yeah. Those guys, those guys motors... Out of control. Out of control. The you amount, can show that they're younger. And the amount of close pinfalls in that match, did you count them? No. There was like nine. Nine two counts where... And you want to know how long that match was? Oh, uh, wasn't it something Short like, of 13 minutes. Yeah, it was just under 13. I was about to say it was like 12 or 13 minutes. It was very quick because I... Short of 13 I kinda minutes, yeah. I kind of watched it pretty rapid. I only got to like towards the end of it Um, today when I was watching it. But it was... It was super kick. Super kick. Pinfall. Two count, big move, pinfall, two count. It was just nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And then there was the hot tag, and then you figured the match was going to end right at the hot tag, and then no, they still needed another tag after that to end the match. It was, it yeah. was, it was, it was very, 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 very solid. good. All right, so but that, let's get to the highlight of NXT UK. Ono and Scala. Oh yes, we forgot to mention this. That so is the next highlight. Week, there's going to be a special match between. General Manager Assistant Sid Scala and American wrestler Cassius Ono, who says he's the best British wrestler. He's the best British wrestler. They're going to be having what is called a British rounds match. Now, I'm going to read off to you here the rules of a British rounds match, and I think it's phenomenal. A British rounds match was noted that there are six three-minute rounds that can be won by two pinfalls, two submissions, or a knockout in any round. There will also be a 30-second break in between each round, and it will end in a draw if nothing happens by the end of six uh, six rounds. I love this concept. I know it's not a concept because it's been around for it's a been very around long for time years with, with British wrestling. Um, I like that WWE is introducing this yeah. as a match. I love the idea that you could be in the middle of a two count, and then the bell goes off, and you've got the three count. You've hit your move, and it's like, nope. Now you get a 30-second reprieve, and the match starts over again. And it's just like, this is going to be... I can see Ono actually going over in this match. I think Ono will go over in this I think, match. I think he's going to actually... I think he's going to go down a pinfall, maybe... He's going to go down a pinfall and he's going to win by KO. Round, and he's going to knock round. him out in the fourth or with fifth his, round. Uh, with his rolling elbow. Yes. That, that, that's how the match ends. Hold on. I like to bring back uh, old information. Like last week we talked about Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan. Mm-hmm. Do you remember who Cash's Ono's former tag team was? No. JT Dunn. Really? They were... Uh, they were... Uh, it was Death by Elbow. Okay. That's what their tag team was called, was Death by Elbow. Is they would both, their finishing maneuver, is they'd both be in the corner and they'd both do rolling elbows, one to the back of the person's head and one to the front of the head. Really? Yeah. 
Death wow. by Elbow. Very nice. It was such a very good tag team. I'll show you uh, Death by Elbow afterwards. Okay. So what do we got next? So we're going to move into some some news. Um, one thing, as we were talking about The Fiend earlier, I don't know if you know this, but The Fiend is being advertised in a title match against Seth Rollins September 21st at a house show in Alabama. I just think they're desperate Seth to Rollins sell tickets. Seth Rollins versus The Fiend in Alabama at a house show for the Universal Championship. That match isn't happening. No way. There's no way they can make that match happen. They're going to make it something happen where it's DQ or it the match never starts or something like that because they just need to sell tickets. Yeah. Uh, no, don't do it. So there was also a cryptic tweet that Kevin Owens put out. I think it was 142320. Okay. 14.23.20. Okay. Do you know what those letters work out to in the alphabet? No. N X T. Really? There's talk or 142420. Okay. That he could find his way back to NXT because he was fired from WWE, which means Raw and SmackDown. That doesn't mean anything with NXT. He shows up at the first live event. He could show up at the first live event during the live view, uh, during the second hour, probably. During the riddle? They, he could Kill show and up, Dane match. He could show up during the Riddle and, and Dane match. And it costs Riddle the match. And then that starts a Riddle-Owens feud. A, oh, that would, be, that a, would be, a, be a really, really good feud. Yeah. All right. As we've been talking about the entire time, 205 no longer. Cruiserweights to move to NXT. Um, Split them up between NXT and NXT UK. Make two new t- title divisions. And I think that's a perfect perfect plan for, yeah. for those. I mean, you're going to... Obviously, there's already been talks about like the Lucha House Party is leaving WWE. Their contracts yeah. are up in eight months. But there's a lot of talent in the 205 Live division. Yeah, I mean, and it's weird. They've been trying to rebuild the 205 Live division as of late, yeah. and they're just letting it go again. Yeah. I mean, Jack Gallagher is going to look great. Jack Gallagher is going to be amazing in UK. I didn't even get it to my, my, my take in UK. The big man who's coming to UK. Drew McIntyre. Drew Galloway, yeah. Drew McIntyre is going to UK. Yeah, and he's going to be the one that takes the belt off of Walter. It it has to happen that way because nobody else is big enough to take down Walter. I think if you're doing all this shuffling and, you know, he's just kind of disappeared over the last couple of weeks, you know what? You you put Cesaro in UK, put him in UK. Yeah. Why don't you put Finn Balor in UK when he comes back for a little bit? You could do that, yeah. I'm just thinking, just try to get... What I feel like they could do is because they want to kind of consider... WWE as not having developmental. The only thing that's developmental is the performance center. Yes. They want to make sure everything is flat. So put your big storytelling guys on Raw. Put your big sportsy guys on SmackDown. Put your professional wrestlers on NXT and put your British and European and professional wrestlers. Australian professional wrestlers on UK. UK. And just split it across four. Yep. And then eventually have UK play on Thursday nights. Yeah. So you have Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday Friday. Friday. That's the way to do it. It is. It is. It's the best way to do it. And and the best thing is, is you'll have big names everywhere. Yeah. And then eventually, when they do get their partnership or their division over in Japan, you can Put a u- Japanese-based show on Tuesdays. You can utilize someone like Nakamura. Yeah. Uh, Io Shirai. Shirai uh, Sane. S- um, um, Asuka, Asuka, um, so many people you can move into that division yeah. too, 
I mean, you can and even, you don't even need to have all uh, Japanese guys. No, you can have American the OC. Guy. Yeah, have the OC well, guys back that in were Japan. based in Japan. So AJ Styles, AJ, I don't think will make no, it that long. He won't make it that long, but you'll get you'll but get Gallows Gal- and Anderson. Gallows and Anderson, yeah. So just imagine Gallows and Anderson versus Tomatonga and Tongaloa again. Yeah, or back now. God, that'd be good. But I mean, with with fantasy booking like two yeah. or three years out yeah. at this point. Um. So there's a, an idea that since it's moving to Fox, they want the name commentator on Fox. So Michael Cole could find his way to being the voice of SmackDown, while 205 Live and NXT UK's Vic Joseph could find his way to be the voice of Raw. Vic Joseph is a very good commentator. He is. Um, I just almost, I almost don't want Cole on commentator any commentary anymore. You think he should just go and just keep it as Tom Phillips? I just think maybe. You can use them for certain things, pay-per-views. I feel like he should just, eventually I'm, start moving his way away I'm and kind of be like the JR, the Jim Ross. I, I'm just sick of the whole, it's the big dog. And I'm sick of this because he, I know it's fed into him from a headphone and stuff like that. It's just, it's so annoying to always hear the catchphrases. Yeah. It, it's, and hearing him say it over and over and over and, you know... Sasha Banks is supposed to be a heel. Why is it boss time? Yeah. Just, you shouldn't be happy that she's coming out. She's a heel. Yeah, you're not wrong. The only one that should be happy ever is Corey Graves. Yes. Because he's the heel commentator. Exactly. And he works so well as a heel commentator. Oh, and Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. But okay. that's because they're great heel they're commentators. They're great heels, yeah. Um, and final bit for news is Tony Storm. There's talks that she's moving from NXT UK to NXT. Which we said last week. So she could find her way to NXT UK. She'll come back, face Kaylee Ray, have that loss, and then move cool. straight to NXT, yeah. and possibly face Rhea Ripley in the in the near future for that uh, NXT belt. Maybe she comes back, and it's her and um Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai. That could be good. That'd be a very good. That'd um, be really good. Good opening. All right, Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions predictions. Now I think we're not going to do too much fantasy booking. On this, nope. we're just going to talk about what we think should happen. We're going to talk about two people in the match and who the win is going to be. Or three. Or three people in the match. Okay. Because the first match is the Cruiserweight Championship match. Okay. Uh, triple threat match between Drew Gulak, Humberto Carrillo, and Lindsay Dorado. Humberto Carrillo. Drew Gulak. Okay. I can see I can see Drew Gulak going over there. He retains. He ne- Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, women's tag match. Bliss and Cross versus Fire and Desire. Bliss and Cross. Okay. Okay. I was going to say Fire and Desire. Well, go ahead. I, I, I could see Fire and Desire becoming the second uh, heel, or third heel tag team uh, champions. Okay. Because the only reason I don't see them going over is because you were saying the cheap heat thing, but I could see them going over because they are great workers. They are great talent. I think it's going to take another, another pay-per-view for them. Maybe another match. Okay. They, they, they may... You know, uh, they may win it on the first episode of um, SmackDown going to Fox. Okay, I can I, see that. I just, I see they're trying to keep, they're trying to build, in my opinion, they're trying to build this Bliss Cross face team. And I think the way to do that is keep the belts on them and let them go over the heels this time. And then have the heels take it off and maybe at the first, you know, Friday night SmackDown. I can see that. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships, uh, New Day versus The Revival. New Day. New Day. 
Need to retain. Yeah. Um, Raw Tag Team Championships. Rollins and Strowman versus Rude and Ziggler. Rude and Rude Ziggler. Ziggler. Um, U.S. title. Styles versus Alexander. Alexander. Style. I think Alexander will go over and win this. Nope. Alexander got his win Monday. Okay. Touche. Styles will retain just because Alexander got the win. Styles will lose the belt to Alexander. But yeah. not yet. Not yet. Hell in a Cell. Okay. Hell in a Cell. Not in a Hell in a Cell match. But not in a Hell in a Cell match, but at Hell in a Cell. Because they want... The one thing we've always... Well, a lot of fans, a lot of guys who I follow um, in the social media realm who are people who do this like we do... Um, they always talk about how Hell in a Cell is supposed to be like this big stipulation match. It's supposed to be a big blow-off match. It's supposed to have so much anger tied into it. And then they just kind of use it as this cheap stipulation. I think you're kind of building up to a, rig- a really big blow-off between Styles and Alexander. And I think the way to do that blow-off would be inside of Hell in a Cell. Maybe you get a run-in, and that's how Styles keeps his belt. You get the OC after they, uh, you know, they- they're not doing anything on this on this pay-per-view. What were What was last year's? Big blow off match? No, well, last year's Hell in a Cell matches. Last it year's was Hell in a Cell was Randy, Randy and, Orton and, and Jeff, Jeff Hardy. Hardy. That was really good. That was really good. Um, and then I believe wasn't um, no, because Strowman and no Lesnar wasn't in a Hell in a Cell. Lesnar was in a steel cage when he got speared through it. Um, there was no tag team inside the Hell in a Cell. The Usos versus uh, New Day in 2017 was the best Hell in a Cell match I've seen in a long time. Okay. Um, it was Hell in a Cell 2018 was Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Oh, okay. With Mick Foley as a special guest referee, ended in a no contest. Yeah, how does the Hell in a Cell end in no contest? That's stupid. Um, stupid. It was... Oh, it was Strowman's cash-in. Okay. But it ended because... I think it ended because of... Brock Lesnar. Came in, F5'd both of them, and ended the match that way. Oh, disqualification. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't a Hell in a Cell match no disqualification? Hold on. Lesnar kicked in the cell door while Heyman incapacitated Foley with pepper spray. Lesnar then attacked both Strowman and Reigns with broken pieces of a table and performed FI on each man's before departing. So it was a no contest. Foley couldn't call it. It okay. ended in a no contest that way. Okay. So that's how it happened. Okay. All right. IC Championship. Uh, Nakamura versus Miz. 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 Especially I think, since Nakamura... Is this is ninth or is 10th? 10th. 10th, he'll, yeah. he'll He'll have the record. And especially since Nakamura went over him at SmackDown. Yeah. Um. No DQ, Reigns and Rowan. Reigns. Rowan. Really? Rowan needs this win. I don't think he Reigns does. Reigns can come back from a loss. I don't think Rowan can. I don't think Rowan needs the win. I think what they're doing with Rowan is just... It's... It works where he loses as the heel. Because, again, he's we were talking about heels that you just boo. That's who he is. The crowd hated him on Tuesday. And I think I think you need the baby face to win. I think you do. I think Ro- Roman Reigns needs to win. And maybe maybe there's some kind of shenanigans. Maybe we see Luke Hopper. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's how... I mean, it's no DQ match. Yeah. But there's got to be shenanigans in some way, shape, or form if... 
Eric Rowan is to go over. Yeah. So okay, I I don't see him winning clean over Roman Reigns, especially when you consider everything that they've done over Roman Reigns' career to make him the next superstar. So the next John Cena. The next John Cena. Exactly. SmackDown Women's Bailey versus Charlotte. Bailey. Bailey. Raw Women's Lynch versus Banks. 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 Uh, WWE title Kingston versus Orton. 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 Universal Championship Rollins versus Strowman. Strowman. Rollins. Strowman versus. I feel Orton. like. Oh, okay, never mind. I feel like it may be Rollins because they've been Rollins. pre-booking him as champion in future house shows. Yeah. But I think Rollins goes over because Strowman is the one that screws him out of the tag team championship. So he's almost going over Rollins in that match, mm-hmm. technically, because he's the one that screwed him out. So that means Rollins has to come back over Strowman in that. What if that match ends in a no contest? I could see that happening because of The Fiend, possibly. Yeah. But we will see. And I think that's going to end it for this episode of The Double Doink. Thank you all so much for coming out. If you guys would like, we do have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. I haven't made a Twitter because I don't generally use Twitter a ton. I may start to do that for some of the future uh, chats that I want to have, but... I just don't check it, but definitely go follow the Instagram and the Facebook. I believe it is Double Doink Pod. Um, If I'm wrong, it'll be in the description of the episode where you guys can go check it out. And thank you all so much for coming out tonight or today or whenever you guys are listening. Thank you as always Uh, for listening, guys. Lexi and Julian, thank you very much for listening. You got to get that one in there. I'm I'm, I I gotta give I gotta give you a quick hand a quick round of applause for that one. Golf clap. Um, But yeah, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you all. Or we will talk to you all very shortly. Yes. A couple of doinks. Signing out. See you later.